So the, today is the eighth part of our series on the Psalms. This is going to be Psalm 84. It's a beautiful psalm, and I'm sure many of you have realized by now that the Psalms are actually, they're, they're songs, they're poems. It's a beautiful book, and David actually, he just bears his soul. It's very raw, very real. Uh, he really doesn't hold anything back throughout this book. So let's start Psalm 84, verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Wow, that is, um, there's so much here. And, you know, this week I got a chance to really dive into this myself and try to unpack everything that is in this psalm. And um, while I certainly can't do that now in, in this time, um, I will uh, talk a little bit. But in examining myself and really just pondering this, I, I thought of some of my own experience about four years ago my wife disappeared as I was getting ready for bed and then suddenly reappeared with a pregnancy test and a very large smile on her face and we were going to have a baby. Um, this is a very happy day, but um, you know, from my own experience growing up, we moved about every two years, so this idea of security or stability, belonging, history were not really things that I associated with home, uh, unfortunately. I wanted something very different for my own family, and so when I heard this, immediately I sprang into action and decided it's time to get a house. Now, this is something that my wife and I have been preparing for. We've been saving. Uh, we knew that this was something that we wanted, and I just, I just jumped right into action. Of course, you know, family's coming. It's time to do that. So got online, did what, uh, you know, did, did research, where should we live, all this stuff, and, uh, and we ended up buying a house. Now, we have yet to live in this house. In fact, we've sold this house since then. Um, <clears throat> you see, when we slowed down to listen to God, he said no. This was not the time for that, and then he brought us here. And I uh, have full confidence that this is where we belong. And so this, this concept of a home is something that we are going to explore today. What is it uh, to be home? And 
that story really reminded me of, uh, you know, of the Old Testament, of the, um, the, the tribe of Israel um, being liberated and, and wandering. They've been promised this home, this place, this special place. And it took them a long time to get there. This was not an instant move for them. And now David, who wrote this psalm, <clears throat> David, of course, is king of Israel after they had their home. And he's, at the time he wrote this psalm, he's actually separated from his home. He's on the run from Absalom. And so he's homesick. And I think it's evident, I mean, when we, when we really unpack this, I think we'll see that. He is, he's, he misses home. And in fact, in verse 1, he starts off by really reminiscing how lovely is the dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. And he talks about uh, how his soul longs and, and even faints for the courts of the Lord. Some translations will go on to say that his heart and flesh cry out. This language is referring, in, in my mind, back to Genesis it's paying homage to the fact that we were created to dwell with God. See, we began in a garden with God, and God would walk with people. So this idea of belonging there is, is very true. And in fact, we, we were created to dwell with God, so this is a, a very natural feeling. Inside of us, there is a yearning to be with God, to dwell with God, and David will go on to talk about even the least of these finds a home with God. He talks about even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at the altars. Nesting and laying young show just how safe and secure this place is. And it's also uh, yet another way that David is, is talking about in very fond terms even the, the tiny details of the temple that he misses so much. In Matthew, Jesus will actually tell uh, a parable about how God even takes care of the birds in the air and thus takes care of us even more so. In fact, David says then, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praises. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are highways to Zion. See, I think ever singing your praise is, is this idea of being compelled to song. It's such a wonderful place. How could you not? I think the blessing for all of you is soundproofing for my room in that dwelling place because I can't sing. Although, Joey, now that I'm up here, I think maybe you'll be singing next Sunday. Um, for those of you that don't know, sit in front of him one of these times uh, and you'll see. He's got a great voice. Natalie's smiling, so it must be true. <laughs> um, before I shake things up too much and get removed from up here, <laughs> let's continue. See, this idea, I love verse 5. I really love this. So David, who is separated from the temple, at this time the temple is where God's presence is. You see, after the garden, this, this wonderful God who, who had his plans spoiled, actually called Israel to create a temple where he could again dwell with his people. And so David is separated from that temple, but he says, blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts are highways to Zion. He's carrying 
this closeness to God with him. In the New Testament, we'll hear, and from Paul, as he writes, who in my mind is very similar to David in the poetic imagery that he uses to describe God. Paul will say uh, in 1 Peter 2, verse 4 through 8, that Jesus is the cornerstone of Zion and that the church, us, we as believers, are living stones. This beautiful imagery uh, talks about how we carry home in our hearts. Home is where the heart is, I think is the expression there, certainly not uh, from the Bible, but um, I really like that David says this because you can really tell his faith in what he's saying because right after that he says, as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain covers it with pools. The valley of Baca was an actual place. It was near Jerusalem. It was it had trees that literally wept. And so Baca is, uh, the Valley of Baca is a Hebrew metaphor for the difficult and sorrowful times in life. And David here is, is talking about that uh, as, as a, a, a different kind of place because in his heart he's carrying the house. He's carrying God in his heart. And thus it's, it's transforming into a place of springs. Now, I'm going to skip toward the end of this psalm where David says, a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I love this. And it's a song I'm sure many have heard, or I think we've even sung in this church, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I love this, and let's unpack it a little bit. Again, the theme in this message is home. And so when we think about a day in the courts of God being better than a thousand elsewhere. What is that? Um, I think that's a a reference to eternity with God versus a very temporary amount of time here on earth. And we we can dwell with God. He, in fact, goes on to say, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. And that's a really interesting statement in that it, it, it shows that we're either dwelling with God or in the tents of wickedness. And David has stated very eloquently his preference. I want to I take a second here to, to really think about what is it to dwell with God? I mean, certainly, we all want to come home Now, to go back to my story, you've heard about my first daughter, but my second uh, came recently, four months, or excuse me, four weeks ago, one month ago. But before that, we went through this process all over again, found out that uh, my wife was pregnant, and again, wanting to find this house. It really brought up, again, these feelings of, desiring more for my own family than what I had. <clears throat> Only this time things were a little bit different. Marcy and I, remembering the last experience and really discussing with each other the raised stakes. You see, our daughter was going to be watching this time. And although she may not remember all the little details or the significance of all the conversations we have, she was going to see what her mother and father did 
Not only that, but this was also an opportunity to, to, to do things differently, to change our minds about how we were going to handle this next chapter. And so certainly we prayed and prayed and prayed. We were really seeking the opportunity to own a home. And of course, this time was different. We're, we're doing the right moves, right? We're, we're following this, uh, this idea of trusting God and really laying our, our hopes in God. And again, God was saying no. And this is really frustrating because we're doing it right. I mean, this is supposed to be the time where it's exciting. We get a different answer. And it was not the case. And you see, that was because God really wanted to oppress even further, this idea of a, a dwelling place, a home, our first home, which is the church, and all that goes with it, <clears throat> the belonging that goes with it, the strength that we can draw from church. Now, about three weeks before, maybe a month before my daughter was born, sometime very close to the birth of my daughter, again, I just found myself really, really wanting to, to kind of circle back and like, all right, God, I've, you know, we've listened, we've heard the no, we're, we're, you know, I, as far as I can see, we're really you know, respecting that and, and trusting in you and maybe now it's time for a yes. I'd ask again. And this time, I got a different answer. It was really neat. God was like, yeah, you know what? You can go online and start searching for homes. Go ahead. Of course, by this time, our house had sold, so we had, you know, our savings back uh, and, and then some. So we were even, even uh, you know, more positioned to own a home and, you know, really excited to get that kind of a response. And uh, so, you know, we started looking and, gosh, wouldn't you know it, we found some really nice places that we could definitely see ourselves in. I'm very excited. I'm like, all right, cool, you know, this is, uh, this is really neat and, um I, uh, I paused again. I just I couldn't help but feel like, you know, I just need to pray again about this. And the answer that I got this time after finding this wonderful place was to share that. Share that. You know, you live in community. You live in church. Like, let's do that. You know, if you're unsure about moving, what better place to, to call on than your brothers and sisters in Christ to really help make this decision, this important decision seek those, those friends that you have. And so we did. I, I actually set up a, a time with Joey, and my mind was, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, my mind was, like, I had one foot out the door, and I was like, Joey, you know, just, I want to pump the brakes for a quick second before skipping town and chat with you. And this was meant to be a, like a, an all cards on the table, nothing withheld, just brutally honest, like, this is what's up, this is... You know, this is where we're at financially. I'm thinking, like, maybe it's too expensive. I'm trying to come up with some justifications that, that mimic, uh, you know, biblical wisdom. And I'm, I'm, I'm lawyering up. And Joey, to your credit, you know, I'm sitting down with him, and he didn't tell me what to do. He wasn't like, you know, yeah, uh, don't, don't move. You should not move. He didn't say that, which was really neat. I, I really appreciated that. Thank you, Joey. I don't know if I told you that, but I really appreciated that. Instead, Joey extended an invitation to come deeper into the church and, and I guess, move in more of my stuff to the house of God here. And 
that was something that really gave me uh, a lot to think and, and pray and ponder, and that was uh, my promise to Joey. And I did just that and arrived at a conclusion that, in fact, this is definitely where God has me. The house of God uh, is where I need to uh, press into further. And so when we think about that here, number one, we've already established that we are created to dwell with God. That's, that's what we know. That's what uh, uh, David is definitely telling us, and he's He's indicating all of the things that go along with that. And you see, he then starts to lay out in verse 8, I love this, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, behold our shield, look on the face of your anointed. Now this last part, look on the face of your anointed, is something, and we're certainly going to return to prayer. But just that part, I... Wow, and this is again why I really love the Psalms because David is very honest and raw. And so this idea of look on my face, what is that? And I think that's so neat that, that David, he really has faith in this unique one-on-one relationship with God. He's not part of a, a group or a crowd or a mass of people that God has to look over. He's one person and has a direct relationship with God. And that is well, that's certainly something uh, impressive. Omnipotence. You'll be up here next week. So, when we think, how do we get into the house of God? What is it like to be in there? Well, the house of God is definitely a place of protection. We've already seen that. And there are so many references to strength in this psalm and the shield in the Old Testament. God will actually stop the sun and moon to protect his people. Literally does that. Um, it's actually one of, the, one of the places in the Bible that historians verify some of the facts of the Bible. Interestingly enough, this actually happened. And the power that God brings, I mean, to stop the sun, the very sun, this is the center of the universe, to bring that to a halt along with the moon, this grandeur, is a characteristic of the house of God. How do we get there? Well, prayer is definitely one of these things. Now, as David cries out, as he makes this plea, I've never cried out or pled to anything I didn't believe in. I just have, I've not done that. Um, it's obvious that David has faith. He believes in this. In fact, he believes in it in a very special way. He believes in it one-on-one, that he's there with God one-on-one, and that his prayer is heard directly. Something else that I think we should take as far as being in the house of God, this highway to Zion, there's this idea in our hearts that we carry the house of God, that we believe that this is very real and that we have the faith. I think David talks about the extent to which Zion is in his heart in the very next verse when he talks about going through the Valley of Baca. See, this isn't something that he proclaims when it's good. This is something that he proclaims even when it's hard. Even when he is separated from his home, and homesick, David is saying, as I go through the valley of Baca, I'm taking this with me. 
See, my hard time was finding security and changing the past for my current family and wanting so much to do that, wanting something so different and just having this deep desire. In fact, it's so important that I talked to my wife about that on our third date. And we're married now, so she didn't run for the hills, which I don't know. It's maybe because she was hearing something from God. Um, So what is yours? Are you looking for a place of belonging? Are you looking for that home? Are you worried or insecure about something? Bring that home. I would submit to you to come home, come to the church, bring that here, because this is where safety is. In fact, in the Psalms, David would also call it a fortress. Several times David refers to God as a rock, this this hard, permanent thing. So dwell with God. Dwell in the house of the Lord. Pray. Seek God. Bring God into your heart. Bring this home into your heart. Live the church in your heart. Be living bricks. Let God be your shield. Because He withholds no good thing. Now, the, um, those of you that are on the realm probably did see my post about that life-changing conversation with Joey. And I will stand up here and if you can't tell, I'll tell you, it was life-changing. Um, I did have faith in, in, that, uh, in that conversation and, and faith that God would bring me through this uh, on his plan and not my own this time. And that prayer was answered. So dwell with God. Bring your things to church. Bring your things to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just... Uh, ask that you would bless your church. God, open the doors of your church to your people and show them this welcoming place where they can be in good times, bad times, hard times, easy times. Show us all how to have highways to Zion in our own hearts how to run to you in prayer. And help us to live out our faith here in your house. Amen.